Well, in less than two hours, we can finally move on. In less than two hours, we can finally move on from the month-long conversation of what's going to happen with Colton Vosick? Because as he tweeted out today, 4 p.m., some news is going to be dropped. Or at least we think. Oh, what do you think's happening at 4 p.m., Tyler? I mean, maybe he tweets out, nah, I'm just kidding. I know all the crystal balls right now say I'm going to Texas, but uh, I'm still locked into OU. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to be the case. Even if he did do that, how many people do you think would buy it at this point? Oh, shut up. He's just fronting for Texas and trying to take more of our recruits. Yeah, I don't think anyone would believe that if that was even the case. I guess the question is what exactly happens at 4 p.m.? Is it a straight-up just decommitment from OU? Or does he decommit and also commit to Texas at the same time? I'm going to lean towards the latter. It has been quite a 72 hours, Tyler. Literally nothing is going well. Not a great one. You know, when you get home last night and it's like, ah, you know, hey, well, at least the men's basketball team is on. College hoop season is here. The women won earlier in the day. Let's check out the OU men. And then we all know how uh, that was with the 21 turnovers. But, yes, that's why I said yesterday, uh, never before, and I'm I'm kidding a little bit here, but this program could use, in the worst way, a uh, three-star commitment. Yeah, man. That's uh, never like, before people, they need a three star commitment. People would get juiced for a three star right about now. Ashton Sanders, come on down. I'm kidding. So Colton Vosick just tweets out 4 p.m. That was it. That was the tweet. There was nothing about OU, nothing about Texas. It's just 4 p.m. And I'm guessing that Hayes Fawcett has made a uh, edit for him, and he is going to tweet out that he's committed to Texas at 4 p.m. Yeah, that tracks. You know the thing that really sucks about this, other than the fact that. OU's about to lose a commit, and he's about to go to yeah, Texas. Sure, t- tell me what else sucks, Tyler. Let's just Texas, pile it all Texas is going to do a massive victory lap over this one. Yeah, well, and they're I also... I mean, a huge victory lap. They're also about to pick up some steam again, because they got Anthony Hill coming to town this weekend. He's probably going to commit to Texas. Uh, they might flip one of Mule Shoes wide receiver commits. So really? Something. Yeah. Not Zach Branch? No, one of the uh, others? J- Jacoby Lane. Mm. Jacoby Lane. Uh, who coincidentally is the recruit uh, that I lost my perfect crystal ball record on for the oh, class of 2023. Oh, boo. Hate that guy. Everybody had him going to Oregon, and then he dropped a bomb and went to USC. So, hey, maybe I'll get another shot at that. But, uh, yeah, Texas is doing things, Tyler. Texas no, they is got... making stuff happen. And they're a 6-3 and three football team, and, and they still have all the – they had probably the most momentum of any uh, – Team in college football on the recruiting trail? Yeah, well, and it, it, go, gone are the days, at least for right now, where you can talk down about a 6-3 and three Texas team because right now Oklahoma's looking up at them. That's true. I wonder if Vosick will turn into a hated Longhorn in the eyes of OU fans. Now, he, he's going to have – if he goes out there and stinks and he never plays and he's an average player, that's probably not going to be the case. I mean, he's going to have to turn into a really good player that – you know, talks quite a bit, you know, makes himself easily hateable yeah. in the eyes of OU fans. I kind of think Arch is going to garner most of the hate for guys going in for this year's well, class. because everybody's going to hate Arch. It won't just be OU fans. Like, it feels like everybody except Texas fans hate Arch right now. Which, in a certain sense, makes Arch perfect for the University of Texas, right? Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that, man. We've talked about how hand-in-glove of a fit that is from an optic perspective. Even more so these days. No, everybody's going to hate Arch. Colton Vosick is not a super hateable kid. He keeps to himself. He minds his own business. He's a good dude. I, 
I'm not going to wish any ill will upon Colton Vosick, and no doubt he will maintain friendships with a lot of the kids alongside whom he was committed to Oklahoma with guys like uh, Samuel Masigo, who was instrumental in getting Vosick to commit to OU in the first place. But uh, make no mistake, there will be a little bit of an th- – th- there will be added motivation for somebody like Caden Green if ever he has oh, to sure. line up opposite Colton Vosick in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Peyton says on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, yeah, I'll be honest, unless he runs his mouth a lot, I'll probably forget about him for the most part. You'll remember Colton Vosick was once committed to OU. I feel like most OU fans will. Yeah. I mean, this is rare. Like, this is a rare situation. It's not often you see a kid flip from Oklahoma to Texas. And that's what I had written down today. Like, OU commits that flipped to Texas and and became great players in Austin. Well, well, can you think of one? We had an OU commit that flipped to Texas, then flipped back to Oklahoma just a few months ago. It's true. Kobe McKenzie, but outside of that. Cam Rising, I guess, technically did, Cam but Rising. he's a good college football player, but not an OU or Texas. Not an OU he's a good football Texas. player at Utah right now. I'm trying to think, and, and uh, text line help us out on this one. A, a one time OU commit that ends up signing with Texas, and they go on to be a great player in Austin. There's probably some obvious ones that I am definitely missing, but yeah, nothing just, is immediately coming to mind for me, which is, like you said, it's a, it's a unique circumstance. Yeah, well, It does not happen every single year. And there, there have been people on the text line all day saying, well, Vosick was never going to sign with Oklahoma. Look, it's easy to say that now in hindsight, but at the time I really do believe, as did the Sooners, that Vosick was 100% on board with them. And you think back to – there's precedent for something like that, right? Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson wanted to be a Sooner. Casey Thompson was a Sooner legacy. Casey Thompson grew up just down the road from the University of Oklahoma. And guess where he went? Texas. It's not like Colton Vosick would have been the first player in the history of this rivalry to effectively switch sides and go against his long-held allegiance. So... I think what made this very difficult and where this all kind of turned, unsurprisingly, was 49-0 on October 8th. Yeah. And now here we sit exactly one month later, and Texas is about to flip the kid. Uh, (laughs) What about the guy who was up tweeting at Vosick at like 11.30 at night a few weeks ago? Yeah, that was Roy Miller. And I'm trying to find the exact tweets because uh, it felt like he was up way uh, late in the night. And maybe he had had a few for, you know, the uh, the grammar that this guy used uh, while tweeting it. Oh, here it is. I know it's kind of late, but it real is not. That's what Roy Miller tweeted Colton Vosick at 1046 on October 19th. I know it's it's kind of late, but it real is not. Gah, Roy Miller's going to win out in this recruitment. That stinks. That's unfortunate. Did Roy Miller just out-recruit Brent Venables? <laughs> Well, no, and the reality is Texas out-recruited Oklahoma on October 8th in the Cotton Bowl. Jeez, fellas, quit talking about this kid. He's a horn, always has been. He's no Bosworth, and BV is no Barry. Good riddance. We will stop talking about Colton Vosick at 4.01 p.m. today when he probably commits to the University of Texas. I'm just trying to keep you up yeah, hey, on hey, what's hey, going on today, that's all. Listen, we talk about... What you people text about. So guess what? If there are people still sending texts about Colton Vosick weeks or months into the future, 
We'll still be talking about Colton Vosick. Would you like some better news? I'll give you some better news. Do we? Is, is there better news? Uh, yeah. I oh, mean, okay, you might have on. to wait a year until now to kind of see it. But um, oh, new, so new crystal balls in today. Oh, yeah. Thea Parker Thune. Mm, see, go, I told you that I had something. Who's the new crystal ball in for? It's yeah. a 2024 kid, right? Yeah, I threw one in there last night for 2024 four-star offensive lineman Casey Poe. Four-star, guys. Not three. Not three. Four. Four stars. Four whole stars. Casey Poe out of Lindale, Texas. Six foot five, 300-pound guy. Uh, can play a multiplicity of positions along the offensive line. Just real big country strong kid. Uh, super down to earth, fits the OU culture to a T. I've felt for a while that OU led for him. Uh, he had an awesome time at his first game day visit to Norman this past weekend, and that kind of gave me the confidence to move ahead with the prediction. But I can very much see him being one of the early commits in the 2024 class for OU. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to a few texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's see. Uh, basically saying, screw Colton Vosick. He's going to become the next Brecken Hager. Which OU fans, yes. He he's gonna have to grow out the, the hair. He's gonna have to grow out the hair for four years like Brecken Hager did. Because Brecken Hager grew out his hair. He says, uh, I'm not gonna cut my hair until Texas we win a Big Twelve championship. Well, I, I hope he's cut his hair since then because he didn't win a Big Twelve championship while at Texas. And they and won he'd one since. still be waiting on that. It's been over a decade since the uh since the Horns have won a conference championship. Peyton says, I need to see a BV tweet at 11.53 p.m. on early NSD Eve saying, I know it's late, it real is not. <laughs> Seriously, yes. Gunny uh, of Stutzman Army says, Colton Vosick, she sounds hideous. I love that. Nah, screw him. Wish him luck, but hope he gets his A beat in state and at the collegiate level. Hope we plan his ass in Dallas for four years like that little blank boy Brooklyn Hager. That's close. It's Brecken Hager, but I guess Brooklyn Hager will uh, will do for now. Brooklyn Hager is somehow a more masculine name than Brecken. It, it actually, it really is. Yeah. Curtis B says Tyler and Parker are dang Sooners are just snake bit right now. Holy cow! We need Sooners men with Friday football. Go win in Morgantown and hopefully somebody just commits. Boomer. Thanks, Curtis B. Oh, boy. This listener says, unfortunately, 2024 guys don't do anything for us this year. Next. Doesn't mean I don't want him, but, dang, we need something or someone to do anything we can be happy or excited about. Well, I don't know what you want from us in that case, dear listener, because that responsibility falls pretty squarely on the shoulders of Brent Venables and this football team I'll, I'll, on Saturday. I'll tell you who they want, and Tassilia Kana would help. Peyton Bowen would really, really help everyone's attitude, but... You you know you know who not what you know who can shift things, you know who he is. He's the number one defensive lineman in this recruiting class. His name's David Hicks. Oh, Tyler. For how everyone feels right now about recruiting and everything going on, David Hicks is the name that can help flip back things back around. Here's my question to you. Now we didn't look at it from this angle yesterday necessarily, but I, I think it's worth mentioning. Anthony Hill, five-star linebacker, number one linebacker in this class, decommits from Texas A&M. A&M yesterday had two five-star commits. Now they only have one, David Hicks. Does the Anthony Hill decommitment factor in the David Hicks commitment to A&M whatsoever? Absolutely. I would think that it would. Absolutely it does. Because let me tell you, Tyler, the linchpin of Texas A&M's class, small as it was – was Anthony Hill. 
He was the one that was all in with the Aggies. He was the one doing the most active peer recruiting, both behind the scenes and in the public eye. With him now no longer a member of the class? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say I feel better about OU's chances to get DJ Hicks, but I feel a lot better about the odds that DJ Hicks decommits from Texas A&M. Because it's a bad situation right now. It's a bad situation, and when people start jumping ship, I mean, that could really... Like, I think the Hicks family is already considering Oklahoma right now. Um, but then when you have somebody like Anthony Hill, you know, decommit and want to go elsewhere, that's, it's, it's, it's significant. It just, it just is. I mean, it's very significant. So, I do think that Anthony Hill decommitting yesterday could help out OU in the long run. Again, we will say the exact same thing that we've been saying for about two to three weeks now. If he is in Norman for Bedlam, then you got yourself a real situation here. But it's like Colton Fossick, right? Colton Fossick just, well, he might be in town this weekend and he never showed up, right? And we kept saying, well, it's kind of telling that he finds his way in Austin, but he won't find his way in Norman. After last weekend, it was very telling. If David Hicks shows up here, it's telling. If he doesn't show up here, it's telling. We just got like five simultaneous Boomer Doomer texts trying to speak DJ Hicks to Texas. Oh, no. Into Guys, don't do this to yourself. I know I know, everyone's feeling a little bit down right now, but don't do this to yourself. Don't don't go this far. Yeah, Texas, don't go DJ Texas Hicks to Texas. Texas getting everybody. Team. They're getting everybody. Anthony Hill, Colton Vosick, DJ Hicks, Peyton Bowen. And Eli Bowen. Both the Bowens are going to Austin, too. Texas offered Steve Eli Sarkeesian's Bowen, correct? building a super team. Yes, they did. I hope I'm wrong, says the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but it's feeling like the opposite of all the shiny, exciting momentum we had a couple of months ago with our recruiting. It feels like the tide is turning. Hopefully that's not the case. You know what? I You're not the only one that feels that way. But to put things a little bit in perspective, with all of that being said – you still have the number six overall recruiting class right now. Now at four o'clock, will it be the number six overall recruiting class? No, you're probably going to drop to what eighth in the rankings, I would guess. But even with that, you're still a top eight class, and it's not like you're done. You still got to see Leah Khan out there, the Peyton Bowen situation, the David Hicks situation. Like you still got a chance with three top 100 players left. I know it doesn't feel good right now, and I'm not even saying that you should bank on or bet that you get all three of those top 100 players, but you at least got a chance here, Parker. And if you get two of those top 100 players, your odds of getting back to being a top five class at the end of the year are, are pretty strong. Yes, they are. And you need a few other things to go your way, but you lock down to Celia Kana, as is kind of the expectation right now. Uh, you get DJ Hicks, you get Peyton Bowen, that's a top five class. Regardless of what other bells and whistles you add, Ashton Sanders, uh, whoever you throw onto the pile, essentially. But if you get Bowen, you get Hicks, you get to Celia Kana. That's a top five class. That may even be a top three class. Have you ever seen the movie Fever Pitch? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Fallon, right? Jimmy Fallon is in it. It's I, I, you know, I don't care about the Red Sox, but it's a really good movie. There's this point where he gets really down in the movie about the Red Sox. And they find him uh, in his in his home, in his living room, watching the 86 Game 6 World Series game against the Mets, where the ball goes between Bill Buckner's legs. And I feel like that's where OU fans, some OU fans are at right now, saying, oh, God, whatever, David Hicks is just going to go to Texas, like those other two guys are. It, it, hey, 
it'll it'll get better. I don't know when it'll get better or when you'll get your next commit, but it, with this recruiting class, it'll get better. I, I do feel that way. I do feel like it'll get better at some point. Might need to go watch Fever Pitch now. I, I know exactly who would have a copy if I needed to borrow one. Who? You know. Oh, oh yeah. He, he Multiple copies. In VHS form, of course. <laughs> 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver studios. And the ref army is tuned in on this Tuesday. Lacrosse, Wisconsin, Cleveland, Ohio, Chelsea, Massachusetts, Florida, uh, Florence, Kentucky, Springdale, Arkansas, Sarasota, Florida, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Cordell, Oklahoma. Cordell, okay. You found yourself in uh, Cordell before? No, where are we at? Where they we have at a cool here? like courthouse where you have to. I don't. Know, you just have to drive through Cordell one time to okay. see their very unique courthouse that they have. It's pretty cool how you have to drive around it basically in the middle of town. I don't know if you'll be uh, scouting any crutes in Cordell uh, where, at any where, point. Where is it? It's out west. Okay, okay, that makes out sense. west Oklahoma. I haven't been out west a whole heck of a lot, so. That would explain why. Unless you're going to Weatherford or Clinton out west, I'm trying to think of where some high school football hot like there's some definitely some teams out west that play high level high school football. I'm just trying to think of places that you know will routinely put out some D1, D2 type of players. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of that going on in the western western. Weatherford, state. Clinton, occasionally, mostly Weatherford if you're talking about out west though. Yeah, at least in the past 20 years or so. Shout out to the Downs family. The pride of Weatherford. Yep. Cordell, Oklahoma. Small Oklahoma town of the day. Appreciate everyone listening to us via the app. KREF in the App Store is where you can find our free app in the App Store. Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. We got like 100 texts that first segment, so we'll do our best to get to all of your questions before uh, Parker gets out of here today and uh, we get to the rush at 3 p.m. To Celia Akana, I got to tell you, man, because a lot of people are asking where things are at right now with Akana. Um, I, I think that they're as good as they probably could be. Tassili Akana's got OU DNA. Why do I say that? Well, because every recruiting trip he takes is for an 11 a.m. game. LSU, he was there for an 11 a.m. game. Uh, the Texas game, he was there for an 11 a.m. game. OU was an 11 a.m. game. And I believe he was still at Texas A&M this past weekend. That was an 11 a.m. game. So I, he's he's ready to go, man. Tassili Akana will be ready to go from day one. The 11 a.m. kickoffs do not... Face this guy. Which is all the more mm-hmm. impressive when you consider he lives in the Pacific time zone. So an 11 a.m. kick feels like a 9 a.m. kick to him. Um, on the text line, this listener in the 512 says, they probably should have stayed firm on the no-visit rule, especially with Vosick's love for Texas. The more he was hanging around there with all their commits, the more he would want to be part of it. Should have just cut ties if he wanted to be around Texas so much. And I do think there's truth to that. I think at a certain point, and I think that certain point was last Tuesday when he unofficially visited Texas for the third time this fall. Man. Um, that's the point at which you say, okay, the writing's on the wall. Regardless of how much we like this kid, regardless of how much we want him in the class, it's becoming apparent that he does not take our policy seriously and that he's giving Texas – 
far more the time of day than we would prefer, and this is leading in one direction at this point, and it's not a direction that benefits us. So I, I will say this. I don't know if that's cause to overhaul the policy because, for instance, I know everybody's trying to speak the Anthony Evans flip into existence on the text line, but Anthony Evans visited Georgia this past week, and I don't believe Anthony Evans is going to flip. That's that's an example of a visit that, assuming everything holds, I'm not, say, I'm not saying things can't change, but you got to take it on a case by case basis. I think if you got one of your commits that wants to visit elsewhere, with Colton Vosick, though, yeah, man, it's and the OU staff is in between a rock and a hard place in that regard too. Because if he's telling you all the right things, if he's saying, "Hey, yep. I'm just going because my family was there," well, then. You can't outright call the kid a liar. And what if you're wrong? Like, what if you decide to cut ties with him and he really was just visiting for the sake of his family and all of a sudden you miss out on a potential top 100 player because you were too stingy with your visit? It's just what we've talked about so much. This was just such a unique – this is such a unique recruitment that I don't know if we're going to see another one like this for the next five years. Maybe we do, but this is just so unique. You don't see – a situation like this all the time. And, you know, for the reasons that we've already discussed, it's it's unique and it's interesting, Parker, but look, what you just said as well, the visit policy that seemingly everybody in the country knows about because it blew up about five months ago, the visit policy was always going to be interesting with this hit because it's the first time, it's a first-year staff that's trying to do it here, and you have a Texas legacy that lives in Austin and his parents go to the games. Uh, it, it was just, again, it, it just makes for... One of the more unique situations, I think, that we've seen for a recruit in quite some time. Yeah. Cam- e- everything down to it. Cam Sooner asked, question, if NIL wasn't a thing and you weren't fighting against Texas and Texas A&M's money, where would this class be for OU right now? Well, who do you add to this class? David Hicks. David Hicks, certainly. That puts you in the top at, five. At, I, so, if money is out of the picture entirely – I would actually say you have Anthony Hill in this class, too. Which would definitely put you in the top five. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a top three class right now. That's a top three class. There are probably others here and there. Um, but yes, I would say if money were completely irrelevant, you would have DJ Hicks committed right now and you would have Anthony Hill committed right Pretend now. Pretend that you are a recruit considering OU, knowing OU won't be offering any money to sign, asked the text line. What have you seen so far that would make you think they will develop you? Isn't the fact that they have, haven't seemed to develop the four-star talent on campus a big deal? Some will have faith, but some will want to see something to have confidence in, kind of like the fans. Well, yeah. I think that, I mean, this staff has shown in the past that they can develop. Like, this year, sure. I This year, it, it doesn't look – there's not a whole lot of signs from this particular year. I understand the overall point. But this one year doesn't mean that OU is a three-star program or not a blue blood anymore. And this no, and one year, I don't think, doesn't mean – you can't take away Britt Vittable's past success just because they've lost four out of their first nine games this year. Well, we talk about the bad. Let's talk about the good. Billy Bowman's playing a completely new position this year. And he's arguably the Sooners' best defensive player. That's development. Eric Gray was a he was a little used handcuff to Kennedy Brooks a year ago. Now he's one of the most productive running backs in the entire confidence conference. Excuse me. That's development. Braden Willis. He was splitting time with Jeremiah Hall 
a year ago. He was sporadically on the field. Now he's been arguably the most consistent player on the entire offensive side of the ball. That's development, right? And so, yeah, I, I think when you look at the 5-4 and four record and you look at the issues that the Sooners have had defensively, it's really easy to say there's no development happening. But you also have to consider that development is not an overnight process. Development is a continual step-by-step incremental process of growth. And so just because you haven't seen development over nine games does not mean there isn't development happening. It just means it's too early in the process for some of these guys for that development to have manifested tangibly. You're seeing it with some guys, the three guys I mentioned, especially Billy Bowman, Eric Gray, Braden Willis. You're not seeing it a whole lot lot of other places. And the curve for those guys could be a little bit steeper. I don't know. The coaches know a lot more than I do, but that is my evaluation. Where do we finish in the recruiting rankings realistically, asked the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm going to guess. I haven't you know, worked on the, the uh, class calculator yet. Um, probably fall to number eight today from number six behind both Texas and, and Miami. But the gap from eight to nine, if you're at eight, between you and Florida is pretty sizable. Yeah. So realistically, um, I think a top eight finish is very realistic. Um, because I think that you're going to get to Celia Kana, and we'll see about Peyton Bowen and David Hicks. I think eight is kind of eight, 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 probably six to eight is a pretty good range of where I would predict, Parker. I don't know where you're at, but that's kind of in the range of where I'm thinking. Six, seven, eight recruiting class is kind of where I would guess at this point. Yeah, and you know what? If you land the big fish and DJ Hicks flips back to Oklahoma, and yes, I said back to Oklahoma. If he flips back to Oklahoma, then you got a top five class. If not, then you're probably in that range. I would agree. Yeah. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune on the ref. So Steve Wiltfong, he had a story out today. The race, basically saying the race for the number one overall recruiting class is not over. If you care about that, fine. I mean, we can get into that. Really, what I took away from it is Nick Saban's been on the job 16 years at Alabama. And he's had nine number one recruiting classes in Tuscaloosa. And is tracking for number 10 this recruiting cycle. Nick Saban, at the end of this year, Parker, could have 10 number one recruiting classes in 16 years on the job at Alabama. And that, friends, is how you win titles. That is how you build dynasties. Well, okay, and I I just want to be clear. That is elite recruiting right there. Alabama's number one classes are a far cry from Texas A&M's number one class. That is Everybody elite recruiting. Everybody said amen on that one. Nick Saban is an elite recruiter. He has assembled a staff at Alabama that has a lot of turnover, but he packs that staff with elite recruiters. And that is why, 10 out of 16 years, they've had the number one class, and that is why you see them contending for championships as opposed to a program like Texas A&M who bought their entire class last year and bought their way to the top. 
They won't. That is, they will not be com- uh, competing for a national championship this year. But your point still holds up. And I want to point out why has Nick Saban been able to recruit elite classes year after year? It's culture. It's culture, and that's and why championships and NFL pedigree that helps out too. Well, but that's that also that's a byproduct <laughs> yeah, of culture, sure. right? Championships, NFL pre- pedigree, that all boils back down to culture. That is why you see Alabama having sustained success on the recruiting trail, as opposed to Texas A and M, who right now has a fringe top twenty-five class that's about to take a couple more major hits, I believe, by the end of the cycle. Uh, and that's a far cry from the number one class that they had a year ago. Ton of fluctuation there, and that's because Texas A&M has a lot of money. They do not have a lot of culture. Hey, text line, here's something for you. Lisa Ozida, mother of offensive line commit Heath Ozida, sent this out. Sooners for life, know that there are recruits with eyes on the prize. Our family believes in this coaching staff and Sooner magic. Hashtag OU football, hashtag Boomer Sooner, hashtag OUDNA. With a Sooner Things, not Stranger Things uh, graphic at the bottom. So Heath Ozida, who uh, broke one of our chairs during the pregame show this year. He did do that. Which makes me think he's going to be an all-Big 12 player at some point. Uh, <laughs> or all-SEC, whichever one. I, I'd prefer all-SEC, I guess. But yeah, so the, the Ozidas in the state of Washington are locked in with this one. They are not going anywhere. And I think that there are several recruits currently committed in this class that are the same way. Like there, There's a text that says... Rumor has it Jackson Arnold is looking at other options as well. What? Hey, wait, what? Which rumor? No way. Show me the rumor. We got a lot of rumors floating around. I, I swear some people, somebody on the text line earlier mentioned, is the rumor about Jaron Kanick transferring to Clemson true? What? No. Yeah, like, that's, it's just not a thing. It's not a thing. Huh. I swear, people that's, try to make up that is rumors indeed on a rumor. the Air Comfort Solutions text line. That is indeed the Air Comfort Solutions text line is probably where these rumors start. Just saw a rumor that Peyton Bowen is visiting Texas this weekend. Is that true? Uh, so that is a rumor, yes. And on that side, that is the expectation, is that Bowen's going to be in Austin this week, which I'm I'm so tired of it, Tyler. I'm so tired of it. I At this point, I'm like, I don't care where you go. Just go somewhere. Well, don't go to Texas. How? How? You know, we've been dealing with this for like six months now. What if we deal with it for six months and only for him to, to go okay, to Texas? Okay, yeah, fair, fair point. God, that would be the worst. Uh, the text line would burn down the next day if if that were to happen. Yeah, we might just have to shut it down. Read the tea leaves. David Hicks is not coming to OU. Neither will Bowen. If it were so, then Vosick would have stayed committed to OU. Why would they? There's nothing positive in Norman right now. 11 a.m. on ESPN Plus games, fans that show up but make no impact on the game, and a defense that looks completely lost. That's from the 918s. I, I, I will say this. The game day environment and the noise level at Owen Field this year blows away previous years in which I've covered Sooner football. But all of that means nothing when the stadium is rocking on third and three, and then your defense surrenders a 48-yard run. Right? And so, uh, should have been a touchdown on that play yeah, exactly. if Baylor so, wanted it to be one. At the end of the day, the crowd is only perceived to have made an impact when your team is performing well. Uh, the Jackson Arnold rumor is true, says the text line. I heard it from my friends, dads, moms, husbands, girlfriends, dog. Yeah, all right. Um, mm, okay. So, I, look, do not, don't we be worried about Jackson Arnold. That is an interesting take, though, Parker, that nothing is good here right now. 
the team sucks, the TV sucks, basketball the just suck, lost to Sam Houston, the crowd sucks. <laughs> why is Jackson Arnold still committed if everything sucks? If everything sucks, and that's why David Hicks and Colton Vosick and everyone else, they aren't going to eventually commit here, then when's Jackson Arnold going to drop his uh, decommit graphic? Spoiler alert, he's not. He's not going anywhere. Please. Please. I, I, okay, the one scenario, the one scenario in which Jackson Arnold would go elsewhere is if Jeff Levy left. If Jeff Levy left, I think it's open season on Jackson Arnold. As long as you retain Jeff Levy, Heading into 2023. I think Jeff Levy will be back. Yeah. I and think Jeff I, Levy will be I, back. I wouldn't imagine that will be too difficult to do. Uh, Jackson Arnold is going to be a Sooner. Uh, LSU, man. they. Uh, do you realize LSU is one win away from playing in Atlanta for the SEC championship game? Are they really one win away? They have That's two it. conference games left. They are at Arkansas and at Texas A&M. If they win one of those games – LSU will win the SEC West and play Georgia in the SEC Championship Okay, that's game. wild. Yes. And they are using that momentum. They are all the way up to the number four recruiting class right now. Okay, that's wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> LSU, like, who lost to Florida State in week one. Yeah, I know. At that point, I, I, I just, I'll admit it. I was writing Brian Kelly's epitaph after that loss. Because Florida State is a program that's been mired in dysfunction for years. And so to lose that game, especially in the fashion that they did, I was like, oh, boy, it's about to be a rough year for old BK. And then everyone down there was like, he's just not a fit, man. He's just not a fit here. How's he going to recruit? He's just not a fit here. Uh, he's got the top five class now, which I'm not saying that that's very, you know, out of the ordinary for LSU and the talent that they have, but he's, he's got it rolling in year one. Hey, by the way, I didn't realize you were caught on camera slapping a baby. That was not a baby. That was Chase in Orange County. He sat right behind me at the game on Saturday, and he said, we're going deep to Mims here. Going deep to Mims. Two plays later, they go to mi- deep to Mims, and they scored a touchdown. Uh-huh. And, yes, I did turn around and slap Chase in Orange County on the chest about ten times. Oh, okay. It was not a baby. It was Chase in Orange County. Okay, so we, we don't have to cancel Tyler anymore. Yeah, you, don't have to, you don't have to cancel me. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, this one says, thank you for sticking up for the fans. My watch gave me the loud noises warnings at least six times against Baylor. 90 plus what is, decibels. What is the loud noises warning on the on a smartwatch look like? Is it just the, the gif of Steve Carell? Loud noises! <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if it's not that, it needs to be that. Why are you surprised by LSU being good, says Dan. They have won three national championships since the Sooners have. That's true, but in their lean years, Dan, like LSU's had some really good teams. They've also had some really bad teams, including last year when they won six games and got housed by Kansas State in the Texas Bowl a year ago. Yeah. And again, they start off the year by losing to Florida State and New Orleans. Uh, this listener says, y'all talk crap on Florida State, but I don't know if you would win that game right now. That's fair. That is fair. And look, again, I'll be the first to admit it. Florida State has exceeded my expectations and exceeded them drastically. Look, my mom's whole side of the family is Florida State fans. I like to see Florida State doing well. That doesn't change the fact that they've been a dumpster fire for five years. Chase in Orange County says, I shall now sign my text, Chase the baby. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yes, please do. Please do. Brian Kelly is an older version of TBOW and will do nothing more than lose in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, Les Miles won. Les Miles and Ed Ogeron won a national championship at LSU. And I think Brian Kelly's a much better coach 
than Les Miles and Ed Ogeron. Let me ask you this. If LSU wins out and beats Georgia in the SEC championship, are they the first two-loss CFP team ever? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I just, now they probably need like a I don't know if they may they may need like an organ to lose. Um, but there there is a path, just like there was a path for Auburn in 2017. If they would have won the SEC championship, I do think that path exists for for LSU. I'm not saying that I think that they're a top four team. I'm, you you asked me, do I think that they'll get in the playoff? And yeah, I think that there's a really good chance of that. This listener says, would it really shock you if Texas gets Vosick, Anthony Hill, and DJ Hicks? I said it before and got roasted by you guys. I'm saying it again. There's a better chance Hicks ends up at Texas. These are 17, 18-year-old kids who love the flavor of the month. Uh, look, everybody was wrong on DJ Hicks once before, so I'm not going to sit here and say there's a 0% chance DJ Hicks is a Longhorn because with five stars – especially a five-star that already pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and committed to A&M at the 11th hour, uh, things can go sideways. But I, I would be very surprised if DJ Hicks is a Longhorn. Very surprised. <laughs> Talk about wor- worst-case scenario is there, though. Yeah, I, I might mean, just seriously. not show up to work for a couple weeks. And might that, take a sabbatical. And that Steve Wiltfong story, the chase for number one, OU was not listed, but, oh, Texas was. Yeah, I'm sure they with were. With the chance to close with the number one class. Everything would have to go right for them, but... Oh, boy, things are trending for the horns, unfortunately. The good news is, guys, guess what they'll do with that? Probably jack squat like they have for the entire, basically, uh, existence of their program. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Final segment of Locked In's next. Elite Roofing Systems, bringing this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. They're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. EliteRoofOK.com. That's EliteRoofOK.com. Or you can call Elite Roofing Systems, 405-361-3094. Text line says, why do you guys keep downplaying Texas? Well, why wouldn't we downplay the University of Texas? They haven't won a conference championship in over a decade, and this has been a very gettable league for over a decade. And in the past decade, they had like the same number of total wins as Nebraska. So, yeah, they might have a higher-ranked recruiting class than OU this year. They probably will. So what? Yeah, Guess how many times that's happened before. Right now they're 6-3, and three, yes. and people are talking more about Texas football nationally than they have in four or five years. I will continue to mount downplay Texas. Yes, does it stink that they're probably going to get Colton Vosick and Anthony Hill? or in, like, like, Yeah, I, absolutely it does, but no way does this all of a sudden make me afraid of the University of Texas. This listener says, if I listen to all the boomer doomers on the text line, I shouldn't even waste my time watching OU football for the next couple of seasons. Ha ha. <laughs> See you on 2025. See you in the my, SEC. My favorite thing is when the same fans, the exact same fans, will say, oh, you never going to play elite defense until they get elite talent to Norman. And then it's those same people that are saying, well, until OU starts playing half-decent defense, they ain't going to be able to recruit elite talent. So, gridlock. OU's going to suck forever defensively. <laughs> That's what that means. 
Tell the 918 Doomsday Doomers to go back to listening to their OSU Aggie podcast, says someone else in the uh, in the 918s. Uh, Texas will beat TCU this weekend. They're in the driver's seat in the Big 12, no? Uh, no, no, no. No, TCU's undefeated. They are not. Texas is not in the driver's seat. TCU now, would have to lose again. Texas is tied with Baylor and Kansas State with two losses in the conference. I, does Texas have a path to Arlington? Yes, they do. They control their own destiny. Yeah, but they're going to have to beat TCU. They're going to have to beat Baylor, who's starting to play really good ball here. They're going to have to go win at Kansas, and KU might have Jalen Daniels back by the time that game rolls around. So I am in no way ready to crown Texas as the second-best team in the conference, and it's just inevitable that they're going to play for a Big 12 championship. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not there. A lot of people have made that mistake after one nice win with Texas, and what I've always said always turns out to be true. They cannot handle success. So great. Yeah, they won in Manhattan last week. That's awesome. That's a really good win. Um, let's see if they can handle success. Let's see if they can turn around and beat a really good TCU team at home this weekend. The odds say they will. They're like a seven-point favorite in the game. ESPN FPI favors them by like 72% to win the game. I want to see it for myself. Though. When was the last time, and I'm asking this sincerely, when was the last time that Texas beat TCU in Austin? Because they lost in 2020. Yeah. I'm fairly certain they lost in 2018. Yeah. They had to have lost in 2016. Um, It may have been 2012, potentially, because we know that Gary Patterson had that really nice run over UT for, well, ever since TCU joined the conference. Yeah, they've had Texas's number. They almost beat them last year, and TCU was a bad team last year. Yeah. They came within one possession of beating them a year ago. Uh, Your daily David Hicks before Parker gets out of here today. Well, the text line saying he's going to go to Texas, but realistically, just got to wait around for that Bedlam visit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance? Let me ask you this. Do you think there's a chance that he outright decommits from A and M before that that Bedlam game is getting on us pretty close? But yes, I think there is. I think there is. Um, at this point. I don't even want to conjecture what exactly is going to happen with that recruitment because I don't know. It could go a lot of different directions. And the interest in Texas ramping up, that look, that could be legit. It could be nothing. It could be pressure from his peers in Anthony Hill and Colton Vosick. Could also just be DJ Hicks trying to drive up the price of the brick, if you know what I mean. I yeah, I mean we can't we can't count on that scenario after it's happened one time already, right? Yeah. So. Uh, Bob Stoops is going to join us next hour at three twenty, as he does every single Tuesday. That'll do it for Parker. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans.